Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the (laughs) gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you. Hey, hey, hey. So today's conversation that I'm going to share with you is a good one. It is with one of my dear, dear friends, um, Laura Hassan, who is just an incredible woman um, and also an incredible coach. She is so spiritually connected. The first time I ever met her was in New York um, at a brand party for your hot copy. And I just loved her really. And like we were, we pulled cards, we sat at a table and it was like, we were in our own little world, um, just kind of getting to know each other with a small group of women. And it felt so intimate and like, oh, I've known you forever, even though we were just meeting. Um, Laura is British. (laughs) And so usually when I start talking to her, I immediately sort of like take on an accent and I think it's really fun. Um, and she laughs at that. (laughs) So hopefully she doesn't hate it too much. Um, but anyway, before we hop into our conversation, I just want to give you a little bit more about her background. So Laura is a certified subconscious transformation coach. She helps aspiring change makers just like you go from the brink of giving up on uncovering the big dream to find experiencing alignment in all areas of life. So Laura is phenomenal at helping people get unstuck and really paying attention to their limiting beliefs um, that really hold us back in our lives, even though we don't even realize it's happening a lot of the times. So definitely check out her stuff. She is incredible. And this conversation is dynamic. We talk about the coaching industry. We talk about... um, everything. (laughs) Like 2020, uh, all of the things. Um, So it's a really incredible conversation. And without further ado, I hope you enjoy. Hi, Laura. (laughs) Hi, Erin. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for this conversation. Oh my gosh. I can't even, I was just telling you like before we hit record, what, like just what an absolute ridiculously, it's been comedy over here today. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I'm really glad to be doing this now. I because- love that you consider it comedy because I know so many people would be like, and I think that's one of the big things about you actually, is that in all of our lives, there's so much stuff that's happening all the time. And you really personify how it's like, what can we do to our insides to make like that we're a choice and we're experiencing them, but it's funny instead of like super painful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, I mean, honestly, when I think back to even all of my friendships, even when I was like at university or even younger as a child and even all the painful things that have happened in my life, Mm -hmm. and I've definitely had my fair share of those, I've always felt like is it okay that I'm like laughing right now? Like there's always, cause there's always something funny. There's always a, a way to find it funny. And I think that when you can find the humor, like mm-hmm. that's, it's like survival instinct, I think. Yep. I was just listening to Brene Brown and Judd Apatow talk about something similar about um, comedies that have grief in them. And I think it's, mm-hmm. there's humanity in comedy and even yes. in grief and pain, like it's just that common, like, oof, there's feeling in this that it's hard to make it up until you're in it. Yeah. 
I totally agree. I totally agree. And it's you. there's always plot twists too, right? So we never know exactly. We can find it funny because if we get too serious about it and we get caught up in like, oh, but this, and we stay zoomed in, mm-hmm. it's like, well, then something else is going to happen anyway. So we may as well just preserve all the energy we can until we actually know what we're dealing with. And ultimately, we really never do. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the human experience. <laughs> Thinking that we need control, but really we just need trust. <laughs> yeah. Do you know my husband, Chris, he used to always say to me, and it used to really piss me off because I never really understood it. And he always said it at these moments where you're like really zoomed in and micro focused and like, rah, poor me. And mm-hmm. she did this to me or this happened. He, he would say in his like casual flowy tone that used to really like, <laughs> yep. in those moments, not just all the time, just to be clear, that's why I married him, that <laughs> he would say, just zoom out and sit in your deck chair on the moon. And I'd be like, Mm, that's, I don't want to do that right now. I want to stay attached to like feeling annoyed and feeling frustrated. Mm-hmm. And now I get it. And it's like, yes, let's all sit in the deck chair on the moon all the time. I love that. It's so, I think when you're not aware of like how your feelings work and how your mind works and all that, it's so easy to identify with what you're going through. And my mom used to do something similar where she had, she still has it, <laughs> this little ceramic cat that would fit in your hand. And she would be like, oh, do you need the grumpy cat? And give oh. you the grumpy cat, which comes with a poem of like how you're grumpy with a sour puss and need to like change. And it would be the most annoying thing. Like it would make me mad because I was so committed to being angry but also yeah. like you had to laugh because you had like a ridiculous ceramic cat in your hand and it just kind yes. of like broke the tension and kind of like gets you out of identifying with everything that's happening and like, uh-huh, go to the deck chair of like, all right, if I wasn't me and feeling all this anger, like what's actually happening? Yes. And I love that. It's like, I mean, <clears throat> the most powerful thing we can do is just break our state, right? That's the, it's like when we can just literally break our state, people talk all the time about snap out of it mm-hmm. and I was watching a TV show the other day. I was watching Million Dollar Listing because I love it. And I was listening to one of the guys like train one of his new team members and they were going around this viewing and it wasn't really going that well. And he was brand new to the team. So he wanted to make a good impression. And Ryan, the like guy, I'm obsessed with him. (laughs) (laughs) He, He literally grabbed hold of his shoulders and he was like, you have to snap out of it. He's like, we're doing these showings and you're like... I haven't really got anything else to say. And, you know, it's just not really going very well. So I'm kind of like down. And I I didn't used to really understand, I don't think, how adaptable I was because I've always been very good at snapping out of it. Mm. And probably to a point of shoving stuff down and just like bypassing my own feelings. Right. But also not really understanding how difficult that can be for people to actually snap out of something and how quickly it can be accomplished. And now that that's one of the things that I use in how I work with people, I see how powerful it is all the time. In the moment, you can be so focused on one thing and it's like a kid when they're having a tantrum, you distract Mm -hmm. them and everything shifts. The focus shifts, the priority, everything becomes funny and it's all okay. (laughs) It's so interesting. Yep. I feel the same way about that. I frequently have moments where I just like pop out and I'm like, oh, we've never done this before. Like, yes, I'm in my house, which is very familiar. Yes, that's the river I look at most days now. But also this moment in time, like, uh-uh, haven't been here before. And like popping out and even realizing that is like a cool thing. And yeah. I, what you just um, 
kind of like talked about is something that I feel like I see all the time with my coaching clients, where a lot of times people are so stuck in that identity of if you're trying to make like a certain amount of money or you have this goal and you're so entrenched in it's not working and this hasn't worked for me in this in a long time and like this is my story and that feels so true that it's very hard to be like, oh, new choice, like pick something else, be a different character in your body where it's like, everything is going great. I haven't been able to see it now until now. But when you show up in that different energy, like what what's happening around you actually changes too. Totally. And it's this whole, I mean, I still don't understand. It blows my mind that people believe I, I don't know how I got here to this place where I, it, I'm so far away from that that I can't even remember mm. believing it because I definitely did used to. But I cannot believe that even our banks and things still work off forecasting and projecting based on what has happened. Mm. And I understand it's like we're being safe and we, you know, we can't really just buy into anything is possible and da 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 da. There's there's so much at stake for like a big shareholder, like a bank, but I do feel, why does it have to take a long time? Right. Where, where did we subscribe as a society, as a complete like species to the fact that change has to take a long time and it has to be hard and it has to be painful and we have to like air quotes, figure it out. Like we have to use our conscious mind to really like make these big decisions. Like that is so serious and heavy that actually yeah. when we just make it a game and allow it to be fun and easy and find the path of least resistance, actually it really doesn't take a long time. And yeah. that's where people see, you know, the, the, t- the one timeline that we have subscribed to is not the only timeline that's possible. Mm. So that's the one we've been holding. And if this is no longer desirable, it's just like, okay, I'm just going to try this timeline instead because this is not happening quickly enough for my liking. Interesting. Um, this kind of like brings up for me. So like we've had conversations off the air, um, Mm -hmm. just around like, so we work in the coaching industry, which is an interesting industry because there is no rule of land over here. And we're kind of like making it up as we go. And there are plenty of, um, coaches and people, professionals who take on a lot of this. And then there's like this element of spiritual bypassing, right. Of like what's going on in the world and all that stuff. And so, if you're open to it, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about like, how do we exist in a world where we are people who have these like big concepts and really feel like we can make changes and that it is a lot of like personal power and very much living in a world where there is racial injustice and there's a lot of systems that, and I think this is really the answer to that question too, of like, how did we get this in our head, right? Of like, why are things like this? And it's because like, that's the systematic way of doing this in a way where people don't know that they have power. And that's, that's um, really the evidence of it working. Yes. And I, oh, my body has just literally gone hot and like, oh, Me too. I'm sweating now. <laughs> I literally, I'm like, why am I wearing a like long sleeve top right now? Uh, this is, this is so, I mean, it's so obvious to me that, and, and obviously I work and play in the realm of the subconscious. So that is my thing. And what I know to be true is that when we look at racial injustice and we look at systemic racism and systemic anything, it is passed down in our, in the creation of our consciousness. So mm. it's not, a, it's not, a, there is a, a case for gathered, collected, lived in this lifetime experiences and those experiences are filtered through the lens of 
the consciousness that we were given when we came into creation. And so there's the piece around, you know, and this is, oh gosh, this is, I like could just go off here because Mm -hmm. to keep me focused, (laughs) (laughs) I went through an experience recently and I know I spoke to you about this Mm -hmm. off air, but I signed up to a three-day virtual event, thanks COVID, um, (laughs) for that opportunity to attend something that I probably wouldn't have traveled for. And in an online virtual event with a really well-known in our space, like Law of Attraction teacher. Mm -hmm. And what happened when I attended was in one of the breakout sessions, one of the people who was there to support was literally picking up a, a prop that was a pair of sunglasses with rose like lenses. And she was like, we just have to keep picking up our rose tinted glasses and putting them on no matter what the circumstances are around us. Oh, Oh, and I had that hot feeling then it was like, okay, try not to just like buy into your own stories here, stay open-minded. And so I asked a question in the comments. There weren't that many questions being asked to be fair. And I just asked the question. I was like, how do we, how do you suggest that we continue to pick up the rose-tinted glasses whilst still staying committed and focused on the very real and needed work of dismantling systemic oppression and systemic racism and all of the other constructs that we currently experience in our, in our life. And it wasn't a question I asked to like, you know, be a protagonist. It was a real question that I was, I was weighing up and I've been weighing up even in my own work. Like when I say anything is possible and you get to create your own reality, am I being exclusive in that? You know, that's been something that's been troubling for me or had been till that point. And the question was bypassed. And Mm. I really sat with like, okay, well, you know, there's probably thousands of people on here and maybe they've had loads of questions and this one just didn't get seen. So I just checked in with the admin in the questions box. It's like, did you, did you get my question? She was like, yep, we have your question. I was like, okay, great. Uh, do you know if it's going to be answered? She's like, yep, it will be answered in the next segment. So I waited. The host came on and then like tried to address and tried to speak to racism and basically like abandoned ship in the middle of a sentence because he was getting himself so tangled up in like, I don't know if it was frustration, personal experience, or just not knowing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to assume any of that, but it, it just, it got canceled in the middle and he just went, okay, back to the content. And I was so reactive. Like it was really hard for me to stay online and I could not believe what I was hearing. And I tried again to zoom out and be like, okay, be understanding, be compassionate, understand everybody's experiences. Everybody's doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. And I stayed on for the next question and an answer session. And again, my question was skipped after being told it's going to be answered here. So I emailed in to the team. I had been very clear that it was no refunds. Like this is a, you know, purchase, no transfers, no refunds. And our office hours are this to this. And it was like very clear. These are the terms. So when I sent the email, I got the automated response saying out of office now till Monday, expect a, re- you know, a response in these hours. Less than 20 minutes later, I had an email back saying, thanks for your feedback. We've processed your full refund. Um, wow. Have a nice life, basically, kind of vibe. And I was like, this is not okay. And so I slept on it and I emailed back next morning. I was like, I appreciate the quick response out of hours. However, my question still hasn't been answered and I'd really love to hear the response. You know, I'm not asking that just for the sake of like showing face that I'm speaking to this. I really would love to know. 
And I've still not had a response to that. So it's really frustrating to know that in this space, like you say, where we really are making it up. I mean, we're all making it up, right? This is the thing. Everything is made, all of it's made up, but we are making it up in the now and we get to rewrite those rules and to be inclusive of everybody's real life experiences. And I know that, like I said at the beginning, that people come into this lifetime with this filter in place. And to be fair, this panel of people who were hosting were of a generation beyond me. And so their lens and their experience is very different to mine. And what they might be open to is different to mine, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't make it okay. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it really brought up a lot for me of like, whoa, wow. I guess there's real work here to be done, you know, to really allow language around law of attraction manifestation, all of that to really embrace, yes, that we can do our own work as one individual. And there's like this pool that I can impact that's in my world and my now, but there's a bigger pool, which is the global pool, which when I put my drop in there, isn't really, that ripple isn't reaching the people on the other side. Mm. So it's really been an interesting you know, context for me to sit with given that experience. And I'm grateful for it because it really was a lot for me to consider and to bring into my own practice and with my clients. And there's work to be done. You know, we're right at the beginning of that rewriting so that when the generations that come beyond us and maybe our grandkids, their consciousness that comes into this lifetime, hopefully we're starting to dilute those filters and those lenses about what is and that we start to create a new realm of possibility for the people who come after us. Mm, I love that. So with consciousness and as far as us coming into our life, this body, like with a specific lens, right? Then is the work that you do with people changing that lens or working with that lens or how, how does that work? Yeah. So it's definitely, it's changing the individual understanding of their lens. Mm. So what we're doing is we're not eradicating anybody's experience and we're not changing or rewriting stories that have happened but we're learning from those stories why do I respond to certain things in certain ways why do I act this way in certain circumstance or experience oh it's because of the lens of you know what I grew up with what I came into this life with all of that makes me who I am So it doesn't change anything, but what it does is it brings awareness so that Mm -hmm. we get to make new choices and to build in that tiny like flicker nanosecond of awareness. We can't unsee what we see. Mm -hmm. So when we have that awareness, it starts to kick in a new filter that adds in something extra to that lens and that lived experience so that we all start to just have a little bit more space for consideration of something outside of all that we know. Gotcha. And one of the things that uh, we talk about a lot is identity, right? And Mm -hmm. as people are going through that process of kind of, number one, looking at all the stuff that brings them to who they are and why we kind of are the way we are. Um, And then when we decide to make different choices or to create things intentionally that are very different than what we've experienced in the past, um, for a lot of people, that's scary, right? Because Mm -hmm. anything different is scary. So can you speak to that a little bit just as far as like... uh, when you are in that spot of, I want something different that I've never had and dot, 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 like yeah. <laughs> now what piece of the puzzle? Yes. So this is my favorite thing. This is my thing that if I had to commit to one thing for the rest of eternity, this would be it mm-hmm. because I know now from, and, and this is, this is not just like 
fluffy, woo, spiritual, oh, I'm subscribing to this way of thinking because I like it. This is like actual science, right? Mm -hmm. This is how our brain works and our subconscious, our unconscious specifically, is that it works on frames of reference and it works on programming. And so when we're programmed, and this is why we get the same result over and over, and this is, this is what I love the most, is when we learn this, we learn that, oh, okay, so I don't have to keep experiencing this. All I have to do is put in a new program. Then it really is possible to create a new reality and any reality of your choosing, not one that you have by accident or like just a hope and a wish. So typically what happens is our subconscious is, it's like, one of his main prime directive of the subconscious is just to keep us alive, right? To keep the heart pumping, to keep us blinking, to keep us moving and to just keep us alive. And so anytime that we try to perform and people will be able to relate to this because it's that feeling of trying to do something differently and being able to do it for a little bit mm-hmm. and then defaulting back to the old way. So this is the same as when you, you know, people try to change a habit mm-hmm. or when they try and programming a new habit, like fitness, diet, business, whatever, we go back, we default back to the old ways. And it's because we cannot outperform or out hustle our subconscious reality and our subconscious identity. So who we are entrenched at the subconscious level is what is all that's possible in the now without Mm -hmm. burnout. That's the important piece to add in. You can force your way past and be like, I will like lose this 10 pounds, find the love of my life, make 10, you know, thousand extra dollars this week, whatever. But it will be followed very quickly by sabotage that will bring you not only necessarily back to where you were, but maybe even slightly before. And it's because your subconscious is like, oh my gosh, we don't have a program for this. This could equal certain death. We must stop this at all costs. So (laughs) it sounds so dramatic, but that's basically what's going on. (laughs) And the way that we get around that is to start reprogramming at the subconscious level. So when we work at the subconscious level, that is like the highest level of change and it is where identity is stored. So the way that we have to do that is we have to, there's like this piece between, you know, to keep this in the most simple terms possible, between the conscious and the unconscious mind, you have this like what I call the doorman, which is like the critical faculty. And the critical faculty is basically like, nope, nothing's coming in, guarding the subconscious for all it's worth. And so what we do when we reprogram and when we want to get new things into the subconscious and accept it as a reality, we have to like chill that critical faculty out we're basically like just chill dude like we've got this it's going to be okay and so this is where techniques like meditation hypnosis um, anything that basically puts you in that state of relaxation puts the critical faculty at ease and then allows you to insert and offer new suggestions to the subconscious and that is where you can do that yourself. Like that is something that you can do for yourself. And this is where repetition comes in because when repetition comes in, 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 critical faculty gets bored after a while and can't, it's like when you say your own name on loop loads of times, it starts yeah. sounding really weird. It just switches off and it's like, oh, I can, yeah, whatever. Here you go. Don't tell anybody. I'll let you in. <laughs> like, I'm just going to leave the keys on the table. I don't get a donut. Yeah. Like. Basically, yeah. That's interesting. I think it's fascinating too that even just kind of disarming our own inner system comes from like repetition and calmness, it sounds like, versus 
sit down, get out of the way. Like it's not an attack where you're running in to fight a piece of yourself. It really is like from a loving and safe uh, initiation. Yeah. And what I've found to be the most interesting, and this is through um, seeing participants come through the shift sessions and seeing what the people who have the quickest success and the people who are resistant to the change Mm -hmm. is where they come in and they're so hungry for the change that they're, they're efforting it. Right. And they're like, okay, what do I do? Tell me what to do. Give me the next step. And it's not wrong to do it that way. And I understand where that drive comes from, but it is the longer path because the first step has to be acceptance of where we are now before we can start to be like, okay, I accept it gracefully. And this just is how it is. And I forgive myself for any like past stuff and I'm letting go of all the like, oh my gosh, this means that and that means this and we're all doomed. We're letting go of all of it. (laughs) And then and then it's very easy to Mm -hmm. chill out and not be attached to like, okay, well, I'm open to whatever has to happen next. Interesting. Would you say that you've always leaned towards this or did you have to like do some unlearning in your journey to this point? A bit of both. Like Mm -hmm. I've always wanted it to be like this. Mm -hmm. And I was probably that person who was efforting it. And I have always naturally just leaned towards what feels good. I've always followed my intuition. I've always been very um, resistant to stuff that feels like something in this feels wrong, you know, and I will speak to that. And now, I mean, I'm literally physically unable you and I had that in-person experience of this physically unable to move my body towards something that feels wrong for me Mm -hmm. and that has come from the unlearning and the accepting and the being graceful with it Mm. what would you say like over the years so how long have you been an entrepreneur like owning your own business oh my gosh 12 years this year which is just like I'm literally like an OG. <laughs> <laughs> I know, in internet land, that's like 300 years. So congratulations. I know, I always say it's like dog years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and through that time, you're, you are at a place now where I believe your business is making like more money than ever. You're, mm-hmm. Every time I talk to you, you're like, this is my life now, yeah. <laughs> which I love. <laughs> and um, I would love to know a little bit more about like, what did you have to unlearn over the years? What was Mm. one of the biggest things that you really had to like pull apart? Oh my gosh. Identity. Mm, Identity. Of course. We always, we teach what we like have to heal. So we do. And it was identity. And I feel like, you know, when I pull apart my own lens and my own lived experiences, it was very much, you know, my dad was a policeman. And it was when I used to get asked as a child, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? (laughs) I used to, people used to laugh because I was like, you used to say, my job hasn't been invented yet, which is like, look, yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love it so much. Just looking back now, it's like, whoa, I really did know. Like, because obviously there was no internet when I was a child Mm because I am that old. (laughs) (laughs) And when, and I didn't feel, I always wanted to be my own boss, always. So like when my friends growing up were like obsessed with like pop stars and actors and stuff, I was like fangirling over Richard Branson and his balloon endeavors and all of that kind of stuff. And so I had all these visions of just being my own boss, being in charge of my own life. I didn't know how ever. I didn't have like, I want to solve this problem. I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And I went traveling 
because I still didn't know. And I was like, well, I'm just going to put it off a bit longer because I'm still waiting to, to see what's my purpose. I don't know yet. I haven't found the thing. So I'm going to travel the world while I wait for it to land in my lap. Mm-hmm. And when I got back, it still had not landed in my lap. And so I applied to the police force because- wow. right. That's a new fact for me. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I applied to the police force and I was turned down because my medical history was not up to scratch. So as a teenager, I had chronic fatigue syndrome and yeah, they just weren't, they were like, no, that's not going to work. And I didn't know what to do. I was like, I really don't know what I want. And so I did what seems to be what most people did in that time, which is I trained to be a teacher. (laughs) Well, you don't know what else to do, teach. And it's so funny because they had a a big advertising slogan here um, in the UK of those who can teach. And it was like, oh, those who don't know what to do, teach is how I felt about it. I loved teaching and because it kind of put me in charge of my own realm. It was like, Mm -hmm. well, I have my class. Totally. I I taught too. And that same experience of like, it is independent. I am in charge. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I, this is my kingdom and I get to shape these minds and have an input and have a positive impact. And I had so like much resistance to all the things I had to do, like, you know, the tracking and the assessing and all the planning Mm -hmm. and all the things that come with it. And when I had my daughter, I got to the point where I was like, on maternity leave, she was sleeping way more than they scared me that she wouldn't. (laughs) And I just accidentally fell into my first online business, which, oh gosh, it was in retail. It's to do with baby stuff. And it was so not me, but it was my, it was like such a need that needed filled that Mm -hmm. I was like, I'll do it. Yes, I can do that. And the rest has kind of unfolded from there in terms of like, okay, this is where, what it needs to be. And I kept following people saying, could you help me with this? You know, I've seen you've done this for yourself. Could you? And I always was like, "Mm, I guess I could. And I followed that all the way through until it got to the point that I had somehow I stopped and looked back and I had built a whole website agency. We now had a (laughs) six figure business running, creating these high end websites. My husband was in the business full time. And I got to 2016, I had my second child and I flew for the first time. I went overseas for my first event. And I got to this event and the first question of the first of this two-day thing was, what do you want? And I was like, (laughs) oh, gross. This is not what I want. I do not want to talk about this because I don't want to be the website girl. And I had so much wrapped up in it because I felt like, well, this this is how you should do it, right? This is like I'm being the website girl. And I was really good at embodying the identity of being the world's best website girl. Mm-hmm. Like I networked, I had relationships that people would literally have paid for. I had so much opportunity at my fingertips. And yet every day I was like, oh, you know, I literally was like, oh, don't, you know, yes, the business, oh my gosh, this is all so exciting. But then when it came to the actual projects, I was like, oh, and it was a bone of contention between my husband and I, because he would be like, oh, I found this like piece of code that will shortcut little, and I was like, blah, blah, great. <laughs> Good for you. And it was hard for us because he would be like, you know, this is exciting. You should be excited. And I was like, I'm not interested in this. And it took a long time because this is where the identity came from of like, why have I, I've built this amazing business. I have all this like money moving around on paper. Mm -hmm. I've got what every entrepreneur wants. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm just feeling blah about Mm -hmm. it. And so there was a lot of surrender to practice in letting go of that business 
and all of the ego attached to like, but look at all the status and look how glossy it is and look at la 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 la, all the things. And oh my goodness, I'm so glad I did that work because now, you know, it has been very, very difficult for me to claim the role of being a coach. Mm. And there was even a video that I made in 2013 on a video blog. And I just watched it the other day because I was looking for something where I brainstormed out all these things of what I could do to build my business. And when I'd written down life coach, business coach, and immediately I was reading out the list and I was like, life coach, business, no, I'm not a coach. (laughs) So interesting. Yep. The identity shift that happens. Yeah. It was all of that, all of that, like, no, I'm not comfortable being a coach. I'll just hide all of my magical transformation skills in a very tangible product that people can take away so that if I'm not good enough, people have a website. Mm. Basically how it oh, was. oh, that one like hit me. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get that. And being someone who has a foot in like the strategy, practical, deliverable world and the, okay, but that's fine that you want that. But really what you want to do is transform. And you're just looking for the copy that shows you the transformed version of you. And you think that'll do it, but really there's inner work. Yes. Um, yeah. Like there's a lot there with people. And I think the <clears throat> online business world specifically is so interesting because there is this um, availability to change and morph and really be yourself. And because it's so new, we're actually like watching people go on journeys and seeing like brands actually changes. Like you can see someone's personal development transformation happening at the same time. Yes. And I think that we've almost put something around it. It's interesting because we tend to create what we already know. Right. And so in some ways I feel like the there are a ton of different programs that you can buy to follow someone step-by-step. Here's how to do it to get the result that I got. Here's what worked for me. It'll work for you. It's $10,000. Come on in. (laughs) And what I see happening when people do that, and I think that works for some people and other people by doing that over and over again, we give all of our power to the person who's teaching us the thing Mm -hmm. and come out of these um, containers and courses as uh, even knowing less of who we are because we've tried on everyone else's outfits. And then we're left with the job of like, all right, I know everything and nothing's working for me because there's, mm-hmm. I'm wearing the entire buffet instead of the one meal that I wanted. And like, then it becomes this whole like un, unlearning, detaching, like and refiguring out who you are and how you can be like your most powerful, potent self. It's so true. And I'm, I'm laughing because I just literally recorded my own podcast episode all about my process with that. Mm. And it was, and it was so that because what was happening was I was so sure that Mm. if I could just find the course or the experience, the coaching experience or the mentor who would show me how to like work out Facebook ads or like just do a really good sales page or whatever it was, everything was going to be amazing. Yeah. And every time I did something like that, where I didn't get the result where I was the glowing case study and w- ended up on their sales page. A little bit of me was getting proving this is again, like, yeah. you know, subconscious gathering evidence that see, you're not that. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening is again, it's all identity stuff. It's just giving you more and more evidence that you're not cut out for this. Like, yeah, yeah you're never going to make it. This is never going to happen because mm-hmm. you tried everything and nothing works. And this is what I see. And the more, the longer that this online coaching industry and the more that the online course industry specifically, the kind of info product galaxy that we live in, 
the the more established that has become, the more rife of a problem that is. Because mm-hmm. unless the reason that it works for some people and not others is when when your identity is matched with this is going to work for me, it works for you. Mm-hmm. When you go into it and you don't even know, I know that people listen and be like, well, I bought that course and I knew it was going to work for me and it didn't. It's because you might think it's going to work for you, but subconsciously, which, you know, those pieces of you are buried so deep that you're not even consciously aware of them. Mm -hmm. And this is the same as the, you know, the conversations we've had around racism where it's like people are so triggered that they're like, I'm not racist. And it's like, you don't even know because these things are buried so deeply within you that they're not even in your conscious awareness. Right. It's conditioned so entrenched, so deep that you need to really do the work to bring them into the conscious realm before you can understand what's going on and why the things aren't working and why change isn't happening and why you're so triggered by this conversation. Yeah. And so when we... When we're, when we're in an identity match of like, oh yeah, I am ready for, this is why now for me, like you said, I feel like I'm in this beautiful alignment slipstream where I just feel like everything's getting more and more refined. Things are going faster and faster. It's because I've done that work to be in alignment with the identity of the person who does this work. And I really truly believe that transformed people transform people. And that's Mm -hmm. what we need more of. Mm Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah, it's all so fascinating to me because there's just so much here around like power dynamics and shifting and even like what you just touched on is that awareness of like, I don't know everything that's even happening inside of me. And the fact that we think we might is so (laughs) egoic, like that I even know everything about myself and that there might be something I don't know or don't realize or don't see. And typically we're not necessarily taught that like sometimes you need help to do that and it's okay to ask for that. And in the sea of um, consumers and where not everyone has the proper training or the proper intention, and I'm saying proper and making up my own value system around that, which is like (laughs) being based in service and honesty and integrity. Um, But it's very easy to start to lose yourself on the journey of finding yourself in this world of stuff. Oh, so easy. And especially when you know, you take course after course or attend free workshop series or podcast or whatever about finding your purpose and, and, and people saying like, you know, tap into your true identity. And it's like, you can do as much of that work as you want on the, on the surface level, but until you really dig into that bit that you can't see, it's all temporary. This is what we went, we're talking about before. And this is, you know, like now for me, knowing this, it's so hard to know this and to see even some of the like most, again, air quotes, successful. And by mm-hmm. successful, we're talking about amount of students that they attract right. and basically the most prolific marketers who have these crazy realms of people in their programs. And yet they are all wandering around like not getting results. I mean, like I've been in some of those amazing courses like that were so beautifully marketed and lovely, delivered gorgeously mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And yet their Facebook groups and their communities are filled with people posting like four almost identical logos going, which one of these do you think is like the answer to my business identity crisis? I mean, that's right. not what they're asking, but it is underneath. Right. And it's like, you know, we need to ask bigger questions. We need to be willing to look deeper and we need to really face the fact that the longer we stay in victim mode, that things aren't working for us, the longer we're going to stay there. Mm. Yep. I'm just like taking it all in. 
There's so much to be said here. And I think it really comes down to, too, is like, once you have that curiosity, that awareness, that moment of like, oh, I've never been here before, even though it looks the same, and I'm kind of on autopilot, right? That's where kind of, I think the magic really happens is, oh, I've disconnected from something for a moment to be in awareness versus uh, just go, go, go mode. Yes, totally. Yep. And, and I think not- when you, sorry, I think when you do that too, there's um, one beautiful thing that happens in being in those containers is I think you can actually receive differently in there. And so even when you did sign up for a certain outcome, you're able to receive all the other things that exist. Whereas, and it's less like I'm looking for, you know, this to make a $10,000 sale without getting on a sales call. And instead you can be like, oh, wow, I'm in a pot of amazingly, um, smart people who are committed to investing in themselves. There's probably relationships for me here. And there's so much more than what my tiny mind that's based uh, and only looking at like the goal to be achieved. There's just so much more to receive when you have that zoom out, go back to sitting on the moon type yeah. perspective. Totally. And that's what I love so much. And that's why I will continue to always invest in things that, you know, perhaps I've had friends say to me, why are you buying that you know, why do you need that program? You don't need that program. You know how to do that. And I'm like, I know I do, but there's always a different perspective. There's always something different here. And if I hear one sentence that might be in the content of the thing, I may never log into the thing, but somebody I meet along the way through the experience might just say something that makes me see something really differently than I had before, then it's all worth it. So I totally agree with that. Yeah, there's so many like different ways. And that's, that's all the receiving stuff and even just living like an abundant life. Yeah. Um, so question for you, does, does faith come into play for you? And if so, like, what does that mean to you? Did you say faith or fate? Faith. Faith. Because I was like, ooh, they both yeah. do. Well, we can, yeah, both are good <laughs> questions. We can go down both <laughs> paths if you want. So yes, I mean, um, faith in a term that I would describe as trust. Mm-hmm. And and not even in a specific direction, right? So it's and it's trust in and faith in in self, and in that feeling, in that knowing, in that inner guidance. That you know, I used to try and label of like, oh, is it like spirit guides or is it like intuition or what is it? It's just my energy, you know. It is mm. me, and it's where I'm being led and guided by whatever invisible power is around me, because I know that I'm always guided towards what is for me. It's not, doesn't mean it's all like positive and happy and, oh my gosh, everything's perfect. It's messy. You know, it's really messy. And as I was saying at the start of the call today, today has been such a mess. And yet I know it's perfect because I know that I have to go through this mess in order to be able to learn from it, in order to be able to go to where I'm going next and to just have that ultimate trust that everything's always working out for me. It just is, you know, and oh my gosh, I've had so many stories that evidence that in my time on this path that it's just impossible for me to make a wrong choice now. And so when I know that and when I trust myself beyond all else, I, I can't make a mistake because mm-hmm. whatever I choose moves me somewhere. <laughs> and it's not always about forward. It just moves me. that's interesting that it's not always about forward yeah it's always about more but the more you know it's not just a straight neat line it's like sometimes it loops around and we're like oh why am I back here again oh okay (laughs) I've been here before I know 
this problem. I already cried about this. (laughs) (laughs) I've already told all my friends all my woes about this. Surely we're done here now. But there's, you know, when we loop back, it's because there's always something we did not learn the first time. And that, you know, my grandma used to always say, what's for you won't go by you. And again, it was one of those expressions. I feel like all these cliches, it's like, you don't really understand it until you're on the other side of it. And so I never used to understand, get out of your own way. I'd be like, what does that even mean? How do you even like (laughs) begin to do that? It's like when all the cliches start to be truth and you're like, oh, all this time I thought that was live, laugh, love. Like that was just a stupid thing you painted on a pillow, but damn it, that is what it's about. (laughs) That is it. Yeah. These are the guidelines. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that, that, you know, what's for you won't go by you is so true because if there's something for you, and like I say, that for you is not always pleasant. It's not always like hearts and rainbows and unicorn dust or whatever it is that people believe. And we have to learn what we have to learn. And if we refuse to learn it or we try and bypass it, we're going to keep looping back around it. And so I know there's a lot of talk in the coaching industry about, you know, bypassing and gaslighting and all of those things. And I, that is an issue. It really truly is. But what I also know is that I trust somebody's own inner compass to always guide them back to what they need, even if they are bypassed or gaslighted in some way. Mm-hmm. Gaslighted, is that the right term when we talk about it in past tense? Gaslit. <laughs> I'm not sure, gaslit. I don't know, but I've definitely been a, in a situation where I'm, I, it took me a long time to realize like, oh, this is a toxic container. Mm. And then stepping out of it and not from like a, it took a little bit of time to kind of process what had happened. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, I, I see why I attracted something like that. Like I understand what I had that like we needed to go through so that I can come out in my power versus mm. past versions of that where I did not. Yeah. Um, and that is not what I signed up for. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? That was not the program promise, but at the same time, like from a human perspective, I can, or maybe even more of a being perspective, but being a human being, um, I can understand and receive that and be like, okay, I got it. Thank you. Moving on. Yeah. yeah. And I it's think so that's good. super powerful. Yep. It really is. And I feel like, you know, the, this just, I don't know why this links in, but it it feels like it does Mm -hmm. the whole messaging around like good vibes only. Right. I have like so many issues with that because I mean, you and I have spoken about this before, but it's just, this is what, when something is toxic, it's like anything that is like, we're only here for positive conversation and it's good vibes only and no negativity in our space and la la la, all that kind of jazz. I'm always running in the other direction. 100%. Yeah. The toxic positivity. Yeah. It's like, we are here. Yes. It's lovely to be positive. And yes, we want to be forward focused and towards things. And we are human beings having a real life experience in this body, in this lifetime. And we're here for all of it. And so anytime where like, we're talking about negative emotions or like an unwanted, whatever, it's like, "Mm, no, it's all for us and we're supposed Mm -hmm. to be with it. And so we're not supposed to rush through it or try and be somewhere that we're not. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always do the toddler check with that sort of thing, where if my toddler was really like, I don't have one right now, but <laughs> my imaginary one, if my toddler was very upset and angry or sad, would I be like, excuse me, that's a negative emotion. Please stop. <laughs> like we only, you can be happy, joyful, excited, or calm. Like those yeah. are the, no, like, and in order for that child to process whatever is happening, like they need to scream and yell for a second and be in that so they can get back to peace. Yes. And I think we tend to forget that. And 
what we were talking about earlier, just of like taking what already exists and recreating it in our programs. When I see stuff like that, I'm like, oh, this is totally, if you grew up in a house where you weren't allowed to be sad, or if it was like, you're upset, go to your room, come back when you can have a conversation. (laughs) Like to me, it feels very like that instead of being like, yeah, we're humans. Oh, you're, you're upset because you got client feedback and it wasn't 100%. Great. Let's sit with that for a minute. How does that feel in your body? Like, what do you need? How can I support you? Instead of just like pressing mute on what's happening inside your body. Yes. And this is why I love hanging out with you. Likewise. Because you're so good at that. And I really feel like, you know, there's a lot of talk in our industry of like safe space and like Mm. holding space. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that that's something that needs to be talked about more. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things I see, and I know that like when I had my own retreat, when I held my own retreat earlier this year, in the old days when we used yeah. to be in person, <laughs> that um, one of the most gorgeous, empowering things was being able to be with people and not need to like caretake them. Yeah, You know, not needing to like, oh, you're crying. Let me come and hug you. Like letting somebody fully process what they're experiencing. That's how they get their breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, especially women, like they're just not given space to allow themselves to fall apart and mm-hmm. being in that safe space where it's like, Oh gosh, I can just lose it. Yeah. And not be allowed to apologize for that. Yep. And like, we're really all here 100% that being witnessed in that too yeah. is so uncomfortable in the beginning <laughs> to be like, I'm not okay. And to let people see that. Yeah. And for everyone to know that like, yes, you are. And part of being okay is feeling not okay sometimes. Yeah. Like it's all part of the process. Such a gift. Yeah. I love oh, it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so last question for you. If you could give everyone just one piece of advice, what would that be? Mm. I would say trust yourself and go within. Mm-hmm. Like there's no forward motion or there's limited forward motion without going inside. And if you want to go like, easy and fast and far and for it to be fun and graceful and flowy you have to go inside first Mm -hmm. amazing thank Mm -hmm. you so much for this conversation and thank you for you thank you so much this has been so amazing to have this Mm -hmm. flowy convo i love you love you too hey it's erin and i want you to know that you matter. Everything you're doing and everything you've done, it all matters. It all counts because you are important to the people around you, your family and friends, your audience, your clients, and quite honestly, to the world. Whether you're changing lives on the front line or changing lives while you're changing diapers, your presence matters. Every life you touch counts. And from just one interaction, there can be infinite, meaningful effects. And for that reason, I want to thank you for showing up and doing the work to be with yourself and share your light and your gifts and your love with those around you. If you want support with any of this human being stuff, you're always welcome to join me inside of my coaching membership, Human Being Club at humanbeingclub.com or follow along with me on Instagram for more behind the scenes, silly stuff at Erin Lindstrom. Once again, thank you for being here and thank you for you.